Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Beat on the 15th of November. We're halfway through the month. I can't believe it. It's Tuesday. I'm a little stuffy still. I apologize. I know. I literally woke up and I was like, am I having allergies? Am I like, is it just cold? Is this the weather, baby? My my husband was like that this weekend and I went on back on my, so I take this allergy medication uh, every year in the springtime for about a month or two and then I get off of it. And this feels a little bit different, but my doctor recommended the same treatment. And I've been on it for two weeks now thinking, oh, it's going to clear right up. No. I was like, listen, I host a radio show. I can't sound like this. Yeah, but everybody. Oh, my God. See, relatable. Okay. Relatable. Squeeze me. Could we be more relatable? Somebody out there listening right now is going through the same thing, Michaela. Listen, okay. But I also think it's because I want to tell you guys a really cool story. So, Amy. Better be cool. Who's called into the show before. Amy Coney Barrett. Yes. Celebrity vocal coach. Got it. She listened to this crazy story. We went over there yesterday because she's like, listen, I got a new house and I'm selling my current house and the new house is two houses down. And we're like, oh my God, that's so dope. Let's go see it. We go to see it. This house was built in 1912 and is still completely original. Only been painted over one time. Terrifying. Haunted. Five bedrooms. Haunted. An attic. Mm. A patio. It's the uh, coolest house I've ever seen. I was like, I feel like I'm in the Titanic in a ship. I like, love how you just said patio. Like, that was a huge selling pa- it, a patio. Because the patio's on top of the... Uh, Cemetery, probably? No. Uh, no. The patio is outside of her uh, master bedroom. Beautiful. On the top roof. It's Gorgeous. two stories. Gorgeous. But she's got a humongous backyard. That's called a balcony. Or a balcony. Oh, you are being sassy this morning, honey. I'm just trying to tell a cute story. Anyway, I think it was so dusty because it's so old and it's only been two original owners. And um, it's so old. And listen to how they got the house here. I didn't know this was a thing, but did you ever remember hearing about white flight or what that is? Yeah, when white people started leaving and going out of the cities and into the suburbs because of all the black people and minorities who moved in. Okay, so I didn't know about this. They probably moved it on a semi. They did. Yeah, I've seen that. They did. They put flags on it. They put these beams under it, and they move a whole entire house. Okay, I didn't know that that was even possible. So where was the house originally? Do you the know? The house was in, I think she said, La Murda. What's La Murda? La Murda Heights. Uh, so still here. Still, because Not, it's... wait, are you sure it wasn't Ladera Heights? 
Maybe Ladera Heights. Or Lamert Park. Lamert Park. Yes. Lamert okay. Park. So that area. Yes. So there's gentrification happening again there, but there that was a largely white populated area. Then it became minority. Now it's sort of mixed again. Yes. That's interesting. So they, mo- I had no idea you could even do that. Wow. But what was also interesting is the way that they used to build homes, mm. what it's withstood. They last forever. You got to think how many earthquakes it's been through. That's what I'm saying. Still they fine. do not make houses like that. Like no. the wood is so the staircases, it's like a ship. Yeah. Anyway, I said all that to say, uh, I think my allergies got bad last night. Because of the <laughs> dust in this old old house, this yeah. old racist house. Yeah. Wow. Is that oh, crazy? Racist house. I don't know if it's a racist house, but it definitely <laughs> fled on wheels. Oh my god! I can't imagine putting a whole house on a truck. I'd be terrified. I've seen it. I've seen it before. They move so slowly. People have moved entire homes cross country, and I see them behind semi. How? I have to see what this looks because like. Because the foundation of the house is the foundation. There always has to be a foundation, right? And if you can get under that and lift that up and put it on like steel beams, is usually what they use. It'll hold the entire house, and you can move it anywhere you want. That's unbelievable. We're going to see a lot more of that in the coming years because if you look at Florida right now, after this last hurricane, there are houses that are hanging over the edge of a cliff. Look it up. They're everywhere because the shoreline has been washed away. And oh, my God. And so it's going God. to continue to happen. So I think some of those houses at some point are going to be like, okay, let's move it. Move it or lose it, sister. Well, I'm happy that you have an opportunity to move it like that. Like you just put it on a truck. You're like, me and my house got to go. Bye. Well, yeah, it's not cheap. I can't imagine. No. It's probably cost a lot of money. I remember moving across country years ago cost me $800 to rent a U-Haul. So I bet it's more than that. So Yeah. That was Expensive fi- stuff. 15 years ago and it was one truck. So <laughs> do the math. Uh, we have a great show coming up for you today on the show. Um, and we're not going to be talking about just, you know, obviously racist houses. We're going to be talking about so much more during this Trans Awareness Week. Um, a homophobic Candace Cameron Bure uh, talks about her exit from Hallmark Channel. Uh, speaking of... Uh, Trans Awareness Week. We have ZI uh, joining us, uh, telling us all about their upcoming surgery and what we need to know. What are the common misconceptions when we are talking to and about our trans brothers and sisters? Um, and also an, an update on the Anne Hayes story uh, about her estate getting dicey. Uh, But right now, let's do some news on the beat. What do you have? Okay, well, a bipartisan group of senators released an updated version of a bill Monday to codify federal protections for same-sex marriages that they say feel confident can get enough Republican support to pass in the Senate. The leader of the effort, Senator Tammy Baldwin, fellow Democratic Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, and Republican Senator Rob Portman of Ohio, Susan Collins of Maine, and Tom Tillis of North Carolina, We're working on an amendment to the bill to entice more Republican votes to overcome a filibuster. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer promised to hold a vote this week on the bill, which the group said has the 10 GOP votes needed to pass during the lame duck session after the midterm elections and before the start of the new Congress in January. A vote was delayed before the midterms to give senators more time to review the five-page amendment after some Republicans suggested the vote tally would be higher after Election Day. Uh, we'll have more with Ryan Basham, our political analyst, uh, in the 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time hour. You know what's crazy about that story is that a lot of these Republicans that are supporting it have retired. And wow. they have a couple of months left before they actually leave the Senate so they can still vote on things. So they're trying to get things done now with the Republicans who were afraid to lose their seat if they were running for re-election. But they actually support same-sex marriage in the real world. Yeah. But they're too afraid to do it when their party's on their backs. But now their party's off their backs. It's so shady. Crazy. So shady. So shady. 
All right, in other news, federal surveys like the U.S. Census are gradually taking their transgender respondents into account, but they rarely ask specific questions unique to trans life. Have they been denied access to reproductive health care? Is their life better than it was before they came out as trans? Enter the U.S. Trans Survey, the largest survey in the country, specifically geared toward trans and non-binary people, conducted by the National Center for Transgender Equality and open until November 21st. Its results will be quoted by journalists, academics, and legislators for the next five years. The survey is especially important now, given the intense focus on the rights of trans Americans in political arenas. Trans residents of the U.S. remain an understudied population that represents half a percent of all Americans. There are an estimated 1.6 million trans people, 13 and older, living in the U.S., according to the Williams Institute. UCLA's laws, LGBTQ think tank, but continue to be targeted by lawmakers. All right, let's get into a little bit of weather. It's going to be 45 in Boston, 39 in Chicago, 85 in Orlando, 37 in Denver, 72 in L.A., and 73 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Leaders can let you fail and yet not let you be a failure. It's okay to mess up sometimes and not get it right. Just keep trying. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you ever cropped someone out of a special photo? Yes. Ay, ay, ay. This gets really uncomfortable, and I'm asking because the internet is all over um, this photo of, what's her name, Tiffany Trump, what's her name, that's so disrespectful, of her wedding, okay? So standing in the photo, uh, it's Tiffany Ivanka, Tiffany's matron of honor, and also in the photo is uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Yes. Remember her? Yes, she's, she's, she sort of looks like Melania, but but not, but similar. And I, uh, yes, I absolutely. Okay, so these these ladies are all in the photo. Well, Ivanka Trump uh, definitely had a theme for her sister, half sister Tiffany's wedding, right? Uh, and uh, things kicked off. They wore a glitzy, glitzy, uh, mew mew pink crop top and skirt to the Friday rehearsal dinner. That was cool. Um, and then for the actual on Sunday. When Ivanka started posting photos after the big day, she'd cropped out Kimberly Guilfoyle of one of the group photos. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about that? So I, I've done this, and it caused havoc in my family. My cousin Tony got married. So growing up, I was the only girl. I had three older cousins, Michael, Tony, and Johnny, and they were like my older brothers. Then I was born... Then I got my brother Sam and then my cousin Tyler. And it was just us for a majority of my life. Okay. Then my uncle started dating this woman who had a daughter. So the daughter became part of our family. However, because I'm a psycho, at the wedding, my grandma was there and all the grandkids got around my grandma to take a photo. So all the grandkids come around. Mia is standing to the side of us in the photo, but to the side. When I got the photo back, I cropped her out and I just put all the boys, me and my grandma. My. Her biological grandchildren. Her biological grandchildren. Uh And I'm her only biological granddaughter. Oh, you don't want another woman in that photo. Well, 
It wasn't necessarily <laughs> that, but it was. these were the people I grew up with. Fair. Okay. She didn't come in until like we were 12. So I post it. My uncle and his girlfriend were so livid, mm. couldn't believe that I would crop their daughter out, who's now been a part of the family for like 13 years. <laughs> and I had nothing to say. I was like, uh-huh, I see where you're upset. It's a, it's a little shady. It was al- a little shady. But also. But no tea, no shade. I just wanted to include the OG members of the family. That's real. Now, if you look at this photo, maybe that's all she wanted okay, well, to do. I don't think that's it. Okay. So this photo, like I was talking about the fashion of the weekend, right? And Ivanka helped plan this. And it was supposed to be all pastels and like light tones, nothing too dark. Well... Tiffany's with her mom, uh, Marla Maples, who's like iconic. Yes. And then Ivanka's there, Melania's there, and then Kimberly Guilfoyle shows up, and everybody's in full evening gowns all the way to the floor length, right? Kimberly Guilfoyle shows up in a knee-length pencil skirt-like dress, all black, with really heavy black, black makeup on, like eyeliner, dark, dark makeup. And just does not look right in the photo. Yeah, true. If you look at the photo, so... She so doesn't match at all. Initially, she just... Ivanka zoomed in and posted on her stories, just the five of them, without Kimberly. And then later, four hours later, finally posted the photo with everyone. And it's not nearly as pleasing to look at. Like, the first one without her looks like a magazine, like, photo shoot. Totally. With her, she's like, who is this girl and how does she sneak into this photo? But also... I think it's so weird. I wonder why she chose that black ensemble knowing everybody was in pastels because she also had a big hand in the bridal shower. Well, it's maybe, maybe Kimberly knows something we don't know. Maybe she's she was dressing for the funeral of Donald J. Trump. Got it. Whose presidency is going to be announced today, his his candidacy. No. Um, and could be dead in the water. Is it today? Lottery, yeah, it's supposed to happen today at some point. And Republicans are saying, Ugh, a lot of them are saying, we're done with you. Yeah. He literally all the close contests across the country for governorship and a couple Senate races where he endorsed candidates, they all lost. Yeah. Something Lake just lost. Major. Carrie, Carrie Lake. Yes. To Katie Hobbs. Yes. In your, no, in Arizona, I believe. Not your yes. home state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who was your governor? What was his name? Sisolak. Sisolak. F you, Sisolak. Listen, I'll when never the pandemic that. happened, so good. Nevada chose to hold a pageant. Uh-huh, as they would. And we didn't understand why, but somebody got very upset. And a bunch said, of like gr- like grown, like <laughs> middle-aged white men at this pageant for no reason other than just to watch these women. And somebody yelled, F you, Sisolak. Because there was still a mask mandate <laughs> to go to these sorts of things at the time. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of beauty pageants, this looks like a beauty pageant. It does. I mean, um, listen, listen, the the Trump women, are the, Melania's beautiful, Ivanka's beautiful, Tiffany's beautiful. You can't deny that. Yeah. The men, what happened to the men, The men though? is where they got it wrong. They look like Oy. sewer rats. They do, with or orange worse. hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's time for what's popping. This one involves one of my childhood crushes actually i very much do not have a crush on her anymore however and my Michaela poor doll is about to tell you why okay this is a very problematic story and it's very annoying to me but candace cameron burr uh was talking in an interview opening up about her move from crown media family's hallmark channel to great american family and reveals if holiday movies will feature gay couples she said My heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and depth behind them. Uh, I knew that the people behind Great American Family were Christians that loved the Lord and wanted to promote faith, programming, and good family entertainment. Um, 
at Great American Family were reunited with her former Hallmark boss, Bill Abbott, who has given her freedom in producing and creating content under the banner Candace Cameron Burr Presents. Burr explained that the reason she left Hallmark was because it basically is a completely different network than when I started because of the change of leadership. Um... Well, which means... Well, she then finishes with, I think the Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. Yeah. Which is a response to Hallmark making the decision to open up um, these films with gay marriages. Yeah, there's there's a couple this year that leads a Hallmark film. Jonathan Bennett, good friend of mine, friend of our shows. uh, He's half of that couple. And... It's just weird to me. Um, Traditional marriage? We don't have to be for everybody. Like, I don't think that everybody needs to accept that... That you know we're gay and that we have the right to get married. It it just still blows me away. And someone like Candace Cameron Burr, like being in this industry, I'm sure she's met countless gay people. Mm-hmm. Like, does she not have gay friends? Does who, she not? Who does your hair and makeup? Yeah, no, like but, it's just to say like traditional family well, values. Like it's just so weird. Well, you know what I'm excited about? If they're covering traditional marriages, I can't wait to see the Christmas movies about 13 year olds getting married off for a dowry. To, yeah. a, to a family and children being raped until they have babies at 13, 14 years old. Because t- traditionally, that's what marriage was. Marriage was ownership. It was an exchange yeah, of in properties. Iran, there's paperwork right now that states you can marry a nine-year-old. Absolutely. Like, that's currently happening. And, and then also, and also in Iran right now, they're about to murder 15,000 protesters. And one of, the, one of the things I was reading online yesterday is that uh, to keep women from going to heaven if they're still virgins, they have to rape, rape them, them before they murder them. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's keep it traditional, So Candace let's go Cameron. back to religious beliefs and She's views. She's an idiot. I mean, she come really on. Is. And I actually I don't, just listen, think it's I don't certain. like, I love, I, I, I enjoy her, but I hate everything she stands for. I don't even enjoy her. I think she's weird. I think it's a weird thing to do. The great American family says everything you needed to say. Yes. Well, here's the interesting thing, though, that um, uh, the, the the gentleman you talked about, her boss, Abbott. Is it Bill Abbott? Yeah. I believe. Uh, when he was asked the same question, he says, listen, I understand the times are changing. And we're going to change with them. I, that doesn't mean we're going to say yes or no to anything. So he's left the door open to, you know, same-sex couples in their storytelling. He's less of a hardliner than she is. She's saying traditional marriage. He's saying we're open. Yeah. So what's she going to do now? What What if they do a movie with a same-sex couple? Where's she going next? I have no idea. But it now makes a little bit more sense why JoJo said that she was rude to her. If yeah. she does have a type of way about being gay. Yeah. Yeah, that would now make sense. I can't stand the. This is the type of Christian that I cannot stand more than anything. The condescending Christian, like the ones that are like, mm, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, pr- I'll pray for you. Yeah, bitch, I don't need you to pray for me. Yeah, pray Keep for yourself. yourself. Yeah, Keep I'm good. Yourself. I am good. All right, coming up, it is Trans Awareness Week, and we are interviewing a non-binary trans person preparing for top surgery. If you don't know what that means, that's what we're here for. We're going to educate ourselves along with you guys, and I'm really excited to talk to them coming up next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Ooh, it's getting interesting. Uh, Marco Rubio just came, or Ted Cruz, I'm so sorry. Ted Cruz, I looked up at the screen wrong. Uh, Ted Cruz just came out and said that uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell would rather be the leader than have control of the Senate, meaning he cares about his individual power more than he cares about the power of the Senate. Uh, And there are some in the Senate Republican caucus who are pushing to delay the leadership vote. And there's rumors that it might be an attempt to get rid of him. I know Donald Trump wants him out. Um, Nancy Pelosi could be facing a similar Mm. fate in the Democratic Party, as could McCarthy, who will be the speaker most likely of the House after the election is settled. Currently, right now, we are at 215 seats held by Republicans in the House, 204 for Democrats, 218 is the magic number. Republicans are getting close. This is what we thought would happen. Um, But they're a rowdy bunch, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can actually try to get done. Um, And Donald Trump expected to announce his uh, bid for presidency for the third time. I mean, we knew it was coming. Today. So two years out. We've had one week break from the elections that we actually haven't had a break from because we talk about them every day. And here we are again, ready to talk about 2024. So that's exciting. It's a lot. A lot is happening. It's a lot of a lot. The only thing that I'll say about Trump, it's the only joy that it does bring me, is if Trump comes back, my Trump, John DiDomenico, who called into the show, he's a comedian, you know him from Howard Stern. Booked and busy. We're booked and busy playing Melania and Trump. And I did very well in 2020 playing Melania, well, and I'd like the extra income. Here's the thing. The news is more exciting and dynamic. Ratings are up when Trump's in, in office. Saturday Night Live is iconic when he's the president. Uh-huh. A lot of things happen. And he takes all of the credit for also, that. Also, absolutely does. And my anxiety is through the roof. I remember when Trump was president, right? It felt like what the early pandemic felt like, but for four years. Every single time I got a, a CNN push notification on my phone, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. What did he get us into a war? What did he do now? Every time I'd get a tweet notification, yeah. I'd get anxious. We stayed like, stressed. Oh, what did he do now? Oh, he's just just marching through a bunch of protesters with shooting them with tear gas and rubber bullets and holding a Bible in front of a boarded up church. That's cool. This is America. Yeah. It felt very, very handmaid's tale. Yes. Right. And that used to be like a funny thing. It's And it's funny until it happens. And I have enough friends who have lived in other countries who have, uh, like, fled the country, many of them from, like, the Middle East, when, like, democracy falls and what happens. And the lead up to that, though, is, is that's the warning. 
And that's sort of where we've been during this these Trump years. Truly. And it's it's Nazi Germany in the late 1930s. Right? You say it could never ever happen again. It can never happen here. Well, Republicans across the country are trying to make sure that our students don't learn about the Holocaust. They don't learn about slavery. They don't learn about queer rights. None of it. They want to erase all the history. Yeah. And why do you erase history? So you can rewrite it and take back control. That's totally. the only reason you do it. It's, it's the white manifesto playbook. It's, it's the, happened a million times. I will say, though, I don't think that'll ever happen. I, I don't think either. That I the hope Jewish not. community will never let that happen. Mm-hmm. The black community would never let that happen. Yeah. And I do think that we do, um, minorities do have such a large say now. And thanks to social media, Thank God. you can't hide the information. And honestly, as much as we dragged <laughs> Kanye for his anti-Semitic comments, it was yet another opportunity to talk about the Holocaust yeah, to remind sure. people of what happened. Absolutely. It's interesting because I remember after Donald Trump won, I think Barack Obama or somebody explained it. Maybe it wasn't. I think it was Van Jones, actually. But he was talking about how do we go from Barack Obama, hope and change, to Donald Trump? How does that happen? Right. Well, it's white America's last great stand. He called it the, the big white, the white lash as a, like a backlash, right? And some white people of a certain generation are so terrified of change in our country being different that it was their last best opportunity to hold on to some power for a while and try to, that's why they pushed through all these federal judges. They tried to get the Supreme Court. So at least for the next 30, 40 years, yeah. they could actually have some say because the country's changing. The world's changing. Changing. So get with it. Um, yeah, that's my little soapbox rant for the hour. Right now, I'm going to uh, hand the reins over to you, Michaela, Amen, for some gal. news on the beat. All right. A school district near Milwaukee has removed seven books that deal with LGBTQ plus themes from circulation in what critics call a coordinated far right attack on Wisconsin schools. Elmbrook School District, which includes the town of Brookfield, removed seven books from its school libraries. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reports Republican State Assembly member Jesse James spearheaded the removal of books from Wisconsin schools using a list he generated. James is not local to the Elmbrook School District, Ugh. but the Journal Sentinel reports that the district's list is identical to James's. 45 books are included on the list, mainly those that contain sexual content or have LGBTQ characters and subjects. The advocate reviewed the publicly available policies surrounding reading materials in Elmbrook School District. Additionally, because the district categorizes books that merely include LGBTQ characters in the same category as sexual education instruction, the advocate reviewed the Elmbrook School District's human growth and development curriculum for all grades. Listen to that. The, the key part of that story this person isn't even from this town, this place. Yeah. Republicans are going into towns and starting crap. Yeah. And getting people worked up. Yeah. If you, if you don't, if, if you're not comfortable with a book, don't read the book. Just put the book down. Put the book down. My God. All right, one more story. As the start of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar nears, the U.S. men's soccer team is expressing support for LGBTQ people by displaying a rainbow logo at its training facility in the anti-LGBTQ nation. The logo, a USA with rainbow stripes beneath it, is part of the team's 2020 Be the Change initiative to bring attention to important social justice issues. When we were on the world stage and when we were in a venue like Qatar, it's important to bring awareness to these issues, and that is what Be the Change is about, head coach Greg uh, Burhalter told reporters. Qatar is the first Middle Eastern country ever to host a World Cup event. The event, which kicks off on November 20th, is expected to draw $1.2 million international visitors, but homosexual acts are punishable by imprisonment 
and death in Qatar, where Islam is the state religion. Anti-LGBTQ harassment by officials also goes unchecked in the country. All right, let's get into weather. 46 in D.C., 42 in Cleveland, 49 in Dallas, 62 in Vegas, 63 in San Francisco, and 73 in Palm Springs. Now give us a vibe of the day, please. I got your vibe of the day right here. Leaders can let you fail and yet not let you be a failure. Love that. I think people forget sometimes that just failing from time to time has does not mean you're a failure at all. Listen, at I'm all. the worst. I'm the worst mm-hmm. when I make a mistake or I fail at something. Yep. I cannot handle it. And I've really had to grow patience with myself and be mm. like, it's okay, babe. Just do it again. Just give it another shot. Now, as you know, uh, we like to create spaces to have conversations that inform our community and our allies. We don't always get it right, but we're always willing to learn. And as we continue honoring Trans Awareness Week, it's important that we have conversations that are better outside of our realm of understanding. And and this is one of those. Uh, up next is a guest who's joining us right now who identifies as both non-binary and trans. Please welcome to the pronoun, Zai. Now, Zai, just to clarify, your pronouns are they, them, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, now this is fascinating to us, and we want to make sure that we and our listeners understand this fully. Now, you identify as non-binary and trans, uh, and you're preparing for top surgery, uh, which is a, a, a conversation I think so a lot of people exciting. don't understand fully. But if you could please just walk us through non-binary and trans, because I think some people just don't quite know how to wrap their brains around that. Yeah, and that's like a completely understandable thing. Like I feel like nowadays people are still kind of trying to uh, comprehend what non-binary is in general, and then, in, you know, being trans on top of it it's just like okay if you don't identify as either gender then like what are you trans to what um it seems like that's the common response that i get yeah well Um, i think my initial reaction would be if i'm all about like destroy the binary it's made up right it's it's manufactured so non-binary makes sense to me but then it feels to me like trans means you're choosing between male or female so then that means that there's an acknowledgement that there is, in fact, a binary. So it feels counterintuitive. So I want to understand it, as, as do some of our listeners, um, how that how how that sort of just makes sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, OK, so non-binary is um, not identifying as a woman or a man. Mm-hmm. And um, when it comes to being trans, it comes from a lens of like whether or not Um, someone feels uh, gender dysphoria. Mm. So being non-binary is a very broad spectrum. Um, I have friends who are born female who identify as non-binary and still dress very feminine. And likewise with the other way. Um, For us, being non-binary just gives us a way to like freely express ourselves and kind of rid gendered clothing or perceiving things as gendered and it just allows allows us to be um, more free in our self-expression um so with trans for me um i'm i kind of like identifying or i like being ambiguous or androgynous um i feel more so like i have both you know Mm -hmm. um 
so for me, getting top surgery would just make me feel more comfortable in in that feeling like I'm more um, le- less dissonance with that. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, well, and you know, you mentioned top surgery, and I think it's really important because even for me, we host this national morning show, and I've supported my friends um, during uh, the surgeries that they got for them to feel their most authentic selves. So walk us through how you sort of prepared for top surgery, what it is that our listeners need to know, if that's something that they um, are looking into, and why it's so important that we continue offering this to our trans brothers and sisters. Well, um, I moved from Texas, so um, I uh, the resources are going to be different state by state, right? Uh, luckily, in California, they seem to have a lot of resources for trans wellness and healthcare services. So, when I first started this journey, I had to find like a wellness center that fit my needs um, and. The first process was talking to a therapist to diagnose me with gender dysphoria. And once that's created, a referral letter is created that's like sent over to a primary doctor for them to look over. And then they send another letter to insurance. Also, top surgery is 100% covered through Medi-Cal. So luckily for me, that's how I'm able to get this procedure because otherwise it would be like, ten thousand dollars so and then yeah once doctors send that letter to insurance and that gets approved then essentially i get the green light to set up a consultation meet up with the plastic surgeon in network and then once they send an additional letter to insurance and then that gets approved then i get to finally book surgery. Um, so, so, the thing is, so the point, the, the point I think is that it's not this this quick, simple thing that Republicans and conservatives are trying to like sell. They're trying to act like, listen, all trans people are getting hacked up at doctors left and right as children yeah. because it's just a e- quick and easy thing. Yeah, and, and, it's that, a whole process. and then they say they all regret it. You're saying it's a very, very long, drawn out process. You have to go yeah. through psychiatric evaluations. You have to get actually, you have to be diagnosed with gender dysphoria before you can even get close to the yeah. surgery part. Yes. And this process took me a year, but for some people, it could take years depending on the plastic surgeon that they want to go to. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a, I walk in and like, boom, I can get it. Yeah, it's not like buying a new iPhone. You don't just make yeah. the decision and do it that day. And I think that's a really good argument for us, especially as allies can make as well. Like, you do go through a lot of therapy. There is a lot happening. I do want to say a conversation we had yesterday when I saw you that I found equally as interesting is the pronouns they, them, which is the pronouns that you use that so many of our friends use. Um, but it's actually indigenous and it's not was not necessarily for everybody to use. I kind of just want you in the next last minute that we have sort of explain uh, the the theory behind they, them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that, um, you know, identifying as non-binary, it, it comes with a lot of people don't find it as a legitimate gender, but it, used, it was something that was a part of many indigenous cultures, you know, before colonization. So for me, it just like, it's very valid and it's been a part of my ancestry. So yeah, it's something that I take pride in. Um, as you should, and, uh, <laughs> as you should listen. Um, 
I, I love I love hearing stories from people who have experiences different from mine, uh, and it's part of what makes our show so special. Uh, Zai, I'm so I, I apologize for pronouncing your name wrong the first time. I'll never oh, no. I'll never do it again. Zai is a beautiful name, um, and best of luck. And if you're feeling up to it uh, down the road after you've had your top surgery, uh, we'd love to hear about that yes. experience as well. It's in two weeks. So well, good I'm luck. So Congrats. Excited. Oh, my God. We're so excited. Well, I'll stay in touch with you. We'd love to talk with you. But really, we're sending all of our love, good energy towards this really Healing incredible vibes, surgery. Yep. And thank you for joining us uh, for Transgender Awareness Week. We adore you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cool. You know, Michaela, you just revealed something during the, oh, the commercial I break. Did. Today's the 18th anniversary Woo! of something iconic. Yeah, it was. Pieces of Me. Ashley Simpson's album came out today. Wow. And I don't care that she flubbed on SNL. I played this album <laughs> till the record broke out, baby. And so did apparently Vanessa, our I producer. Love it. So good, right? So good. Also, oh, is this it. is this what it's like to get older? Yep. Because when I, when my yeah. when my mom was my age or even younger, she was talking about like Carol King's Tapestry album. No, we're and like old. how iconic it was. And now I'm like, wait, so that's how I must feel about, I don't know, Ashley Simpson, Jessica Simpson, all those younger, the, from my early years. Yes. This is, the, this is the music I came out to and like became like a man to. Yes. I became a man. Did I say that? I, I, was... I became a man to pieces of me. Like, who am yeah. I? <laughs> that's embarrassing. But no, she was on SNL and she got she, she got canceled before that's people got canceled. That's actually such a you moment right yeah. now. I, I became a out, man to pieces of me. I became a man to pieces of me by Ashley Simpson. So... 18 years ago. I became a man when I listened to Hit Me Baby one more time. Line them up. (laughs) Oh, God, it was such a good album. I'm literally going to go home and listen to it today. Well, let's keep going down memory lane. This one's a little bit sad, but kind of iconic. Uh, Princess Diana. She's sort of like on everybody's mind again because the new season of The Crown has premiered. And we're finally in the era of Princess Diana. Right. And for many people, she was like the introduction into the royal family. Nobody really paid attention for a lot of years, at least my generation, until Princess Diana was there. And she had a cause she had William and Harry. It was a yeah. whole thing. Her her death obviously tragic. Still a lot of conspiracy theories around it, a lot of like stuff that makes me uneasy. Some people think that the, the royal family had her taken out, that the Queen actually had her I taken out. It. I, I I don't say I don't believe it. I'll say that. Okay. However I do. Um did you know that she had something called a revenge dress? Not until this article, mm-hmm. but it makes 100% sense, and we've all been there. Well, it's sort of like a way for people of an elite status to use fashion uh, to give the middle finger to the current chaos brought on by social, political, and economic upheaval. Um, and it, it, it it's fascinating. The revenge dress that it, it's being talked about, though, is that black dress that she wore um, with the little like sweetheart neckline. With the white pearl necklace and the black sash down the back, and this she she was dressing this way in a way in a time where it was like, "F you, royal family, F you." Yeah, I'm gonna look this way, even though because they're so buttoned up and so, so prim much. and proper. And she actually looks so beautiful. But um, I mean, I know of revenge fashion absolutely. Have you ever? Known that you were going somewhere where you were going to see like an ex or somebody that you didn't like, and you were like, I'm going to look so fine. A thousand percent. And you show up, you've prepared, you have your outfit intact, mm-hmm. and you look 
Well, Fine. If you if you were to look up revenge dress on TikTok, right, you would very much not be alone. It's been searched over, or it's been viewed. Revenge dresses have been viewed over nine billion with a B. Wow. Billion times. There's just something about pulling it together and looking your absolute best. I remember one time a few years back. Um, this is my most recent memory of something similar where I felt like, because very rarely do I run into an ex and feel like hot, right? You know what I mean? Like, usually I'm like, oh my God, they saw me today of all days. Hate well, that. a few Hate years ago, feeling. I was hosting the red carpet for the Golden Globes and I hear somebody yell my name and I'm on a stage with Missy Pyle. She and I are up there interviewing like somebody iconic, like Tom Hanks or somebody like a big name. And I hear, uh, what's up? Six, five. And it's what this person I used to be involved with would call me. It was my nickname because I'm six feet five inches tall. And I look over my shoulder, and he's he's a celebrity, and he's on the carpet. And I'm like, oh, 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 you just saw me with Tom Hanks holding the microphone. Oh, my God, amen. Looking fire. Amen, sister. I had full hair and makeup. I had a stylist. I had everything. That suit was tailored to the gods. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And it's the last time we saw each other. And I said, yeah, you remember that. But that's the only, that's the last time you needed to see him (laughs) because you looked gorgeous. Emil was there there with me and and was in the middle of the moment. And Emil, my now husband, also looked fire. So I was like, yeah. Keep this memory. Obsessed. Revenge. Revenge, it's baby. so sweet. An update uh, in the tragic Anne Hache story. Michaela has that for us and what's popping. What's going on? Okay, I feel like this could be a little bit of a talker because it's interesting and I am, would like to know what you would do. Uh, Anne Hache passed away very unexpectedly in a very fiery car crash that was of her doing. Mm. But now the owner of the home that she crashed into is now suing uh, Anne Heche's estate. Um, She said that it almost killed the woman Mm -hmm. who lived in the home with their pets and now they don't have a home. Well, thank God she was in the backyard when it happened. Yes. Or she would not be alive. still alive. But it completely ruined her house, and now she's suing the estate. My question is, there's no right or wrong answer. Would you sue a person who died or their estate, or do you just let it go? Absolutely sue. Okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. And, and and I know Anne, actually. And I believe she'd be okay with this. I, I You know, that's a fair point. I think, I think she a, absolutely would, she was too. She's a very kind, very generous person cared for people deeply almost to a fault sometimes and she would be the first to say i messed up i messed up and there's you know um blood analysis showed Anne and had cocaine and fentanyl in her system i just read that and <sighs> so, i'm really surprised i mean we just thought it was a little bit of alcohol and she was fully on drugs i mean listen she well, there was a to- bottle of vodka or something in the in the cup holder too based on a photo earlier that morning yeah well, she also had to have really crashed into that car to create the damage, or into the house mm-hmm. to really create as much damage as mm-hmm. to kill, almost kill the homeowner and the pets. It was essentially pets. an explosion. Yeah. Destroyed the house. It destroyed everything the woman owned. I agree. I feel like at first my opinion was kind of like, how do you sue 
someone who died. Like, it just feels morally weird. But you're right. I think Anne would want uh, for her to have her home taken care of and for her to be safe and have a place to live. It's just a really sad story to me. It's sad yeah. she died unexpectedly. It's sad how she died. It's she, sad for the woman involved. Yeah. She's asking for $2 million from Anne's estate. Um, and I'm sure they'll probably settle at some number. Um, but a house in L.A. probably costs close to $2 million. A million percent it least. does. So... I get it. It's an unfortunate situation, but there are repercussions. And, and even after you after you passed on, if I were to pass on today, my student loan debt would go to my husband. I see it no differently. Yeah, I see that. You know what I mean, I see that. All right, coming up. What do you do if your pets eat illicit drugs? Doc Halligan joins us. Keep those edibles away from your puppies. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Coming up this hour on the show, we've got our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan, uh, giving some advice on safely using recreational drugs that are legal, by the way, like edibles, for instance. Uh, Legal in many, many states. More states voted to legalize them during the midterms. But what happens if your pet gets a hold of a little gummy. Oh, Rocco, no, no. A little chewy. I put Rocco in my crop top yesterday and it fit him like a full tank top. And there's no point to that story. I just wanted to say it on air. I love how I bring up dogs using drugs and you somehow (laughs) spin that into my dog wore a tank top yesterday. Wore a crop top. So was he on drugs? (laughs) Maybe. Might have been. I don't know. It's like the entire cast of Euphoria. <laughs> I feel like they wear a lot of crop tops and do a lot of drugs. Your dog should audition for season yeah, he three. He had an edible or something. He was acting pretty crazy. I'm seeing a lot more gay men wearing crop tops lately. Oh, a lot of like gay men. more femme, sort of like, yeah, like androgynous looks. Mm-hmm. I think it looks great. I, same, except for I have a little, you know, I have a little bit of a muffin top right now, I feel like. No, you Just can wear a crop top. A little bit of one. Not a lot. Just an, enough. Enough that says, listen, I've been happily married for five months. That's, you can wear like... high-waisted pants and a crop top, and it covers the muffin top. Wow. No. That's a good bit of advice. More tips with Michaela. Is Monday that why people Friday. wear high-waisted pants? Yes. Oh, well, I didn't know. It literally covers up the belly. Aren't all pants high-waisted on you because you're so short? Yes. <laughs> okay. I was doing it before it was cool. <laughs> Not by choice, by necessity. Also, people are calling for a boycott of Disney. Because of a, I don't know, how, how would you say, a, a clothing, um, what is it? I can't even think of this right now. What's it called when they tell you how to dress at, like, dress school? Code. Dress code. Why, wow. It's okay. Thank you. It's okay. Thank you, Vanessa. Okay. English is her second language. Yeah, she was no, born in Columbia. She definitely just And you. she just taught me how to say something. So, yes. thanks a lot, Way Vanessa. Way to go. It's because we're blaring Ashley Simpson, and now she's in a good mood. 
Well, yeah. So Ashley Simpson's album, album, her iconic album, her 18th anniversary, "Pieces of Me." Yeah, is that the name of the album That's as right. well? You got came it. Came out 18 years ago today. So we've been blasting it in studio to pump our vibes up. Yeah, and I and the crazy thing is, it was 18 years ago, and I know every song you've played so far. Every song. Just sing right along, and yeah. I, have, I probably haven't listened to it in 17 years. Exactly. It's it called a, good music. Good music, right? Yeah. She needs to make a comeback. Yes, she does. And then also this hour and what's popping, Andy Cohen. How does he really feel about Bethany Frankel? Well, he's, interesting. He's getting Frank. On Frankel. Hey now. See what I did there? Hey now. Eh. I appreciated it. Sometimes I get them right. And then a little bit later on in the in the show, big, big, big breakthrough for marriage equality. We're on the verge of something iconic. Ryan Basham is going to join us to tell us all about that. I'm glad because, listen, like I said, I've been married five months. I'd like to stay married. You yes. know what I mean? I don't want anybody, like any politicians taking that right from me. Right. So, and they can take that away. What on earth are you doing? I'm proud of being oh, you're proud of being American? American? Well, oh, okay. I didn't want to sing all that. I just wanted to sing the one line. <sighs> I remember questioned me. when I was in sixth grade at the Immaculate Conception Elementary School in Salina, Ohio. That's right. I brought in for my show and tell one time our neighbor, who's uh, who. Well, his parents were our neighbors. He was in the military, and he served in Desert Storm, and he came into our school as my guest, dressed in his like army fatigues. And I was like, and they played that song when he walked in because everybody, <laughs> everybody did back then. Yeah. It was like the song we played during Desert Storm. No, yes, right? of course. And they played that and he walked in and I literally thought I was the coolest kid in the whole entire world and that he was a superhero. Right. I was like, look at him. He's a, he's a legitimately dressed like a superhero and he was in the military. Yeah. And he was like a 19, 20-year-old kid. <laughs> now that my brother's in the military, I do think they're superheroes. I think that no matter what, they uh, they go out there. They work really hard. I appreciate and respect our military. Yeah. I wish they were treated better when they get home. I wish I didn't see so many of them homeless. That, that's true. Uh, holding signs that say, I am a war vet. Can you give me a dollar? Well, I have a stepbrother that um, was in the military but got dishonorably just discharged for charging $9,000 worth of pornographic <laughs> phone calls to his <laughs> barracks home um, years and years ago. And I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure he's on drugs right now. <laughs> My guess would be meth, but I can't guarantee that. That could be speculation. But so not Wait, all of you them. Idiot. Not all of them. He sent nine thousand dollars of porn. Listen, this is back in the day when like porn, like free stuff, wasn't around. You had, to, you had to call it in. We used to know a person that got yeah, in trouble sure for did. charging porn. Here's the thing: anybody who spends any amount of money, free, babe. having porn conversations on the phone, like what does a phone call do? I don't get it. <laughs> Don't get yeah, it. But also, everything's free now. You don't have to pay for porn. Listen, I get on my iPad, Pornhub, free. I know. That's I'm worried about people that get charged for porn. <laughs> yeah, I worry about them as well. But, God, hey, but also, God bless America and God bless our troops. Yes, absolutely. News on the beat. Let's do it. Oh, my God. How am I supposed to transition? To this? I got the giggles. <laughs> Um, okay, this is really scary. Friend of the show, Frankie Grande, was a subject of a scary situation oh, on the wow. streets that of New scary. York. He got attacked and robbed by two teens. NYPD tells sources Frankie was walking down the New York City street last week when he got punched and they took his bag. Not too many details out, but we wish him, of course, a recovery. Well, and, this is and really he gets scary. Everything that he needs. Well, you just gave us a story last week about the attacks on <gasps> queer people in Hell's yes. Kitchen, right? And so Frankie Grande, who's, you know, I was literally just at his Halloween party a couple weeks ago. Such a sweetheart. Yeah. Ugh. Well, it does turn out that the kids were 17 and 13 years old only. What on earth is a 13 or 17 year old doing 
attacking them. I'd be so, my husband and I talk about this all the time. We're so afraid of breaking any rule, any law, ever. Yeah. Right? I feel like if I run a red light, I need to stop and tell somebody. Like, yeah. I feel bad. I have to go drive to the police station and turn myself in. You should next time you do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran a red light over on Wilshire earlier and today. And I deserve a ticket. I just want you to know that I'm a bad boy, so. I feel real bad. That sounds like a weird problematic fantasy. Sounds like a porno that probably got charged to the barracks house. Yeah, or you can just watch it for free on Pornhub. Yeah. Not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored. All right, let's get into a little <laughs> weather. 45 in Boston, 39 in Chicago, 85 in Orlando, 37 in Denver, 72 in LA, and 73 in Cathedral City. Now give us a vibe of the day. Not Cat City. Cat City, baby. Leaders can let you fail and yet not let you be a failure. Because true leaders understand that we all fail. It's how we learn. Doesn't mean you're a failure. Take it easy on yourself. Show yourself some grace. Yeah, just show yourself some grace, babe. Listen, if it weren't for an occasional recreational edible. I don't know that I could have gotten through the early days of the pandemic, right? Uh, legalized here in California a couple years back. And with more and more states legalizing not just recreational marijuana use last week uh, during the midterms, more states even legalized the use of mushrooms, right? And a lot of things are being looked at once again that used to be used, uh, different psychedelics that were used for treatment by therapists, Love. LSD, mushrooms, uh, the list goes on and on, right? And so we're at a point, I think, where the, the nation is taking a second look at some of these things and saying, okay, what's actually dangerous and what can we trust with adults to use uh, recreationally, right? But what happens if your pet gets a hold of something? That's a big fear. Or your yeah, child for that. But we're yeah. talking pets today. And joining us right now is our celebrity veterinarian, Doc Halligan. Uh, Doc, you just posted on your Instagram, I believe, uh, a story of, of a pet that got a hold of some of a mushroom. So when it comes to these sort of recreational drugs, what do we need to be aware of to protect our pets? Right. You have to be careful because pets will eat, you know, anything they can find that they can get access to that maybe smells good or they see you interacting with it. So this pet happened to get into um, some psychedelic mushrooms. And, you know, they're not discriminated. They'll eat the whole amount, right, because wow. they don't know any better. They might eat your whole stash of marijuana or weed, mm-hmm. um, your whole thing of edibles. Um, so here's the thing is that you have to be really one, know if you have stuff like that in the house, uh, how to keep it away from your pet. Mm. You can't leave it lying around, even up on counters, because pets can get up there and eat it. All right, so just be really careful. And even your pet medicine, I had a dog come in the other day that, you know, some of the medicines for dogs are beef flavored. He ate the, you know, the whole two-week course. He ate it in mm. one fell swoop, um, which can be dangerous. So, Think about that. So then let's say then think what happens. Uh, your dog actually ingests a large amount of toxic substance. What should you do? Mm. Obviously, you want to try to get them into a vet as soon as you can. Um, you, If your vet is full and that you can't get them in and you witness them eat it, something that is safe to do is for you to induce vomiting. Okay, as long as it's not a sharp object, if it's something that's food oriented, you can give your pet hydrogen peroxide to make them vomit that up. We use apomorphine. We'll inject them with that and that will make them vomit. But I can't tell you how many times I've used it on my own pets. 
is you just give them hydrogen peroxide. It's like um, give them, it's like one teaspoon per 10 pounds. And you give them that and then you wait 15 minutes and repeat it. And man, everything comes up. So you at least got the substance out. You still need to take, need to take them to the vet. But, you know, time is of the essence with toxic ingestion. Oh. All right. Uh, you, you might not have a lot of time before that gets into their bloodstream and then they could die. Well, Doc Halligan, obviously we're talking about drugs, weed, shrooms. This sounds like a silly question, but it really is a real one. Do your pets get high? Do they experience the same feelings that humans feel when we partake in recreational drugs, which I've never done in my life? <laughs> well, no, they don't get high. They get very sick. Um, THC acts very different in dogs, and too much will kill them. Um, wow. The symptoms of uh, weed toxicity is uncontrollable urination, um, stumbling all over, like like they're drunk, and then just urinating and urinating. Oh That's God. just some of the side effects. So, yeah, and with the, the edibles now and the THC butter, um, we see animals dying from this one. They didn't used to die because the weed wasn't concentrated. The THC was not concentrated enough, right? Yeah. But now it is. And so, like, brownies that are made with that THC butter, that can kill a dog. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, I want to ask then the, the healthy alternative. Uh, I know a lot of we use like a CBD oil sometimes for our dog because Kingston, God bless him, he has a COVID dog. So, he gets, mm-hmm. he gets, sometimes extreme anxiety if we're leaving him home alone, right? My producer, Vanessa, is nodding your head. She dog sits for me from time to time when we leave town. He, You need to be in the room with him when he eats. He wants to know that you're not going to leave on him. And he gets sad and he'll cry. Like, he'll cry. Mm-hmm. So is CBD the route to go? Or are there other alternatives uh, legally, any sort of like medication yeah. or drugs that we can give our dogs to just help them relax a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think... What Caesar says, a tired dog is a happy dog. Mm. So if you know you're going to be going out and leaving them, take them for a really good exercise, uh, you know, hike, uh, you know, something special to get them really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, the CBD, you know, the, the, we really don't have enough literature that supports that it really works. Yeah. I think some of it is people wishful thinking it's work. We as veterinarians have very safe anti-anxiety medications. Um, Prozac, Xanax, Trazodone. We have a lot of safe drugs that if your dog experiences anxiety, talk to your vet because we will give you a prescription for you to use that situational so that, you know, even gabapentin. You know, my cat, Ricky, when he gets stressed, I'll give him some gabapentin, and then it just calms him down, and he relaxes. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, so talk to your vet. Yeah, well, Doc Halligan, thank you so much. thank you, as always. Uh, These conversations are always very important. For more information, you can go to DocHalligan.com or download Doc Halligan's podcast, Unleashed, wherever you download your podcast. Thank you so much again, and happiest holidays. Okay, happy holidays. Well, if you've got a trip planned to the most magical place on earth (laughs) this holiday season you might want to pay attention to this conversation talking about disneyland disney world all the disneys love 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 disneyland love them all southern california we got a special gift out here and it's a little bit smaller than disney world quite a bit actually but it's the original 
Listen. And there's something special about it. I'm obsessed, and I've never really been for Christmas. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to go last year with Lisa's sister-in-law, but we got COVID and we didn't go. So this year... We are throwing out all things that we normally do, traditional-wise, and we're going with her sister and her niece to Disneyland Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I'm so excited. I love Christmas. I love Disney. We don't have children yet. We well, can still do whatever we want, you and gotta that's pay, what we're doing. you got to pay attention to this, then, because this is a big, a big deal. I, well, um, yeah, I'm bringing the ho-ho-ho. One woman is calling for, or maybe not, one woman is calling for a boycott of Disney, and apparently this is a trend on TikTok. Of course, TikTok, everything's course. a trend. Of course. TikTokers have taken advantage of Disney's policy on their dress code. Because apparently, if you dress inappropriately, they give you a free T-shirt from the gift shop to cover up. So TikTokers are actually dressing. Trying to get free shirts. Scantily clad so they can get free shirts. Oh, my God. Okay, but listen. What does scantily clad mean? Because in this article, the girl that had to change her shirt had a halter top on. And it showed a little bit of her belly. Yeah, like two or three inches of her midriff, yeah. her breasts, everything else is covered. If it's a hot day at Disneyland where you're walking around all day, are we going to have to cover up because it's hot out? Well, apparently it has to do with the strings. If your shirt is tied up, that's not appropriate for them because it could become untied. That's what they're trying to avoid. So part of it is it could just become untied, which is highly unlikely. But also somebody could pull your string as a little prank Mm -hmm. and then you've exposed yourself to children. I think that is their concern with this. And that's what actually her issue was. Is it outdated, though, that we're trying to police how people dress? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I absolutely like this doesn't make any sense to me. But you're also talking to somebody who I've told this story a million times. Walked in our pride parade with all of our cis heterosexual oh, this is men very, in our office. This is very inappropriate. And I yeah. wore a chain link top. Sure did. And the chain link top broke in the middle of the parade. As they often do. And I had to walk around topless yeah. with my hands over my breasts mm. until I got to a safety zone. Mm. So I can see why just for her own safety that would want to be avoided. But... The likelihood of it undoing, <laughs> right. the likelihood of somebody going behind her and untying it, I, I just, I think it is an outdated thing. Yeah. And I think that Disney's got to move on with the trends because, look, I don't care of any other men uh, having to cover up. Well, I okay, so I will say this. On the flip side, I, I've got you because one time, not at Disneyland, but one time years ago, my ex and I went to to Italy. Your homeland. Mm, the motherland. And, and we tried to go to the Sistine Chapel. And we were both wearing, like, not tank tops, but, like, sleeveless T-shirts. And we're not allowed to go in. And women in tank tops were passing us left and right. Oh, wow. Completely acceptable for the women. But men, Why? men without sleeves were not allowed in because that was considered inappropriate. And they tried to sell us, like, $30 sweatshirts to go in. And we were See, like... See, that's what's the scam of it all. Like, are you just trying to sell shirts? A thousand percent. But they weren't doing it to the women, only to the men. That's so interesting. So it does happen sometimes. And I remember... I, I regret it now. At the time, I was younger, and my, my boyfriend... This is 14, 13, 14 years ago. He was sort of in charge. He was paying for most of the trip, and I was just kind of tagging along. And he was like... F that. We're not going to do this. They're not getting our money. F you, Sisolak. Right? So I was like, oh, we're really showing them. Yes. Looking back, I regret not 
actually touring the Sistine Chapel because I really wanted to see it. Oh, but yeah. I was too young in the relationship to speak up back then yeah. and probably didn't have the $30 I needed to buy the sweatshirt okay. either. So there's that. That's so right. How, well, what, what are you wearing to Disney? What do, you, do you have something well, planned? Well, I, I mean, unfortunately, it's going to be very cold. So I'm going to be bundled up, honey. Bundled? Okay. By cold, you mean like 62? No, I mean like last year they went and it was so cold. Well, you know, the weather changes day after day, year after year. I know, year. but in December it gets pretty cold still. So, so. I'm going to do a turtleneck, a fur- cozy furry jacket, mm. boots, socks, maybe a little hat. I love how you called out the socks. You wear an underwear too? No, I never wear underwear. Of course. <laughs> and for all things pop culture, we go to our girl, Michaela Gordon. What do you have for us? Okay, well, I want to talk about something completely different about a way of life that people are still experiencing. But I'll just get into the what's popping. Okay, Bethany Frankel has been making quite the splash on TikTok. She's been fighting with people. She's got this new thing on TikTok where she reviews uh, makeups, reviews all kinds of different things. But now she started a podcast, and it's called the Housewife Podcast. And uh, there are a few people that are not really feeling it. Um, Countess Luann said that this is yet just another very desperate attempt for her to do something because of all of her failed pivots since the housewives. It is a pretty desperate scenario. She made like a billion dollars when she sold Skinny Girl, which is now problematic and didn't age well. But exactly, she made the money. But Andy Cohen is also stepping in, saying he was surprised to hear Bethany Frankel launched a Real Housewives podcast, but isn't about to turn down more publicity around the Bravo franchise. He said, I was a little surprised, but again, I was like, oh, this is good. Good for you. More Housewives podcasts, the better. So he doesn't seem to mind. He's he's saying, okay, it's all good. Um, it's interesting that she's wanted so desperately to, to, to separate herself from the housewives world and like she would never ever go back but she's willing to talk about it for a living now so she's obviously she misses it a little bit i mean and that's what people are saying she got into a huge fight with comedian heather mcdonald and she always accused heather mcdonald of wanting to be a housewife and heather mcdonald said yeah but you always wanted to be a comedian and you're not so Mm. Uh, they've well, been bantering. Both things are true. Heather's yeah. a friend of mine, but she would she would take a housewife spot in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, um, who she can't take's place is Ramona Singer, who, and I quote, just hopes the new Real Housewives of New York cast doesn't try to copy her. End quote. Well, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know, AJ. Ramona's a weirdo. She's so... She's problematic. She's yeah. racist as all get out. She's just... She's a hardcore Trumper. She just... Her time has come and gone. Ramona, just... Just go away, I please. know, Ramona. It's over, my love. And it Time here. to get off the Ramona coaster. It's... Oh, my God. It's a thing. It's a thing on the show. Get off the Ramona coaster. Mm-hmm. Turtle time has come to an end, Ramona. Oh, my God. Turtle time has slowed down. Yeah, sure has. And it's done. Done. American, American, American. That's right. I am American. Listen, that American. last song, Mo Loco, just wants somebody to love them forevermore, and I can relate. Oh, I feel that so deeply. And turns out that my five-month-old marriage... Woo! might live to see another day Let's because go the democrats have held on to the senate what does that mean for marriage equality though actually uh we've got our political expert ryan basham joining us right now ryan thank you for being here how you doing today 
I'm great. How are you? Listen, we're good. We are doing great, Mike and yes. it's, it's It's been fun to see Republicans melt down completely, uh, especially Carrie Lake, it's which been is an interesting. Honor. <laughs> um, and I, I was just sharing with Michaela off air that Carrie Lake wrote this like awful uh, like on letterhead, this letter to Liz Cheney thanking her for spending money on ads for her uh, against her campaign, saying that you just got me 10 points higher in the polls. Well, it turns out still not enough. And Liz Cheney has replied with, a, you're welcome, Carrie. And she posted the letter. So I, I live for this kind of stuff, right? But yes, keeping it closer to home, I did just get married in June. And a couple days after my wedding, while we were still celebrating, Roe v. Wade was overturned, um, and everything just got really scary. And then we hear that Clarence Thomas is coming for same-sex marriage next, but we might have hope. Please explain. So what we call same-sex marriage is kind of actually a cluster of different rights and um, and that come through laws, the Constitution, regulations. It's, it's actually a lot of things. So um, the... The Congress is about to pass, it seems, the Respect for Marriage Act, which essentially repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, which passed in 1996. Mm -hmm. So the Defense of Marriage Act did two things specifically. It um, uh, it prohibited the federal government from recognizing same-sex marriage, and it gave states permission to ignore a same-sex marriage that was performed in a different state. So the Respect for Marriage Act undoes those two things. And the reason why that needs to happen is just kind of like how when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade a few months ago, all of these ancient uh, anti-abortion bills across the country went into effect. That's the same thing they're trying to prevent here is if the Supreme Court overturns the 2013 decision, Obergefell v. Hodges, that uh, overturned DOMA, if that happens, well, Thank God we've repealed DOMA with the respect for Marriage Act. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Obergefell, who, by so, the way, who's an icon to our community, just lost his race for the House in my home state of Ohio. Crazy. Not shocking at all. Um, but what's interesting to me is that they punted on this until after the midterms, right? I think for a few different reasons. But in order for this to pass the Senate, they need a, a filibuster-proof 60 votes, right? And they now believe, Chuck Schumer believes, that they have the 10 votes from Republicans that yeah. they need. But a lot of these Republicans are retiring. And it's interesting. Exactly. What sort of stuff can Democrats get done with the help of some of these retiring public Republicans in the next two months before the new you know, Congress? Well, it's pretty common to tuck things away after what's in the lame duck section se session which is the period between you know the election and when the new congress comes in and and they do that because there are things that you know privately they want you know republicans in this case are willing to do want to do but for political reasons can't be seen doing it during a period of time when a lot of their constituents are paying attention uh -huh. so that's why it's happening what they won't be able to do is pass the equality act which all of us want, which would give uh, with a lot more protection to LGBTQ people. Um, but there are just not 10 Republican senators who can get behind that. That just isn't going to happen. And so, you know, the reason why uh, Democrats have been saying we need to hold the House and add to in the Senate is if we do that, then we can break the filibuster and then we won't need 60 anymore. We'll just need 51. Mm. But um, we're not going to hold the House most likely. We'll only have 51 Democrats, not 52 in the Senate. 
So in reality, this is probably the last thing that can be done for us in Congress until after 2024's election. Mm. Um, well, that's terrifying. I, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like um, AJ said earlier today that it's going to be announced that Trump is running for president. Um, most so likely today. Most, most likely today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we were expecting the red wave. It didn't happen, which makes me feel good about probably Trump not necessarily doing as well as he thinks he's going to do. But what are we supposed to do then until 2024? Because it feels like now we're just sort of in limbo, stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Well, a few things. First of all, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done on the state level. So we need to be lobbying uh, state legislatures to treat us better. Um, and we need to be fighting these state-level anti-trans bills, for instance. Um, but also we get to sit back and enjoy the civil war unfolding inside the Republican Party because this is going to get messy and it's going to only hurt them for the general election in 2024. So between now and then, you know, change is slow anyway. So if we go about the good hard work of getting states to treat us better, Um, that time will pass quickly and we'll get something done so that by the time 2024 rolls around, we'll have the momentum of we've squashed some of these anti-trans bills at the state level and now we've seen progress. Let's take that into 2024 and elect a Democratic president and a Congress with enough Democratic-held seats to actually get the big stuff done. Listen, I'm going to say this, and I don't know who you're working with, who needs to hear this in the Democratic Party, but black women... Queer people, Latinos. We've been saving this party year after year after year. We can't do it forever. Yeah, amen. So the Democratic Party does have some messaging things they need to figure out before 2024 because I believe that that we have the truth on our side. We just don't always communicate the best. So whoever needs to hear hear that, Ryan Basham, please get that message across. Uh, We appreciate you as always, though. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much, Ryan, really. My pleasure. Thanks, y'all. Tell me something good. Oh, this story gets me. Grab a tissue. So Jennifer wanted to adopt young Cameron. Now, she's been the stepmother to Cameron since the day he was born because Jennifer is married to Cameron's mother. Okay? So a lesbian couple, one gave birth, one did not. Right? Pretty common. What do you do? Well, she decided to legally adopt Cameron, of course. Oh, my God. So should anything happen to her wife, Cameron's biological mother, she'd be covered. It's like if you had the baby and Lisa was the other mother, and then five years down the road, ten years down the road, Lisa's like, I want to legally, legally, legally make sure that it's all binding. Yes. Just in case, God forbid. I love that. And the judge then asks, this is Judge Cheryl H. Johnston, and I want to say her name because it's important because she's fantastic. She's a judge in New Mexico. She asked at the end of the adoption proceedings if anybody had any final words to say, and Cameron just so happened to have something to say. I wanted to say that I love my mom so much and that she's the best mom I ever had, and I love her so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? It's important to tell people you love them and they care about you. And so you're a lucky guy. So I'm glad to I'm glad to see you. 
I know a lot of kids. Oh my god! A lot of kids of straight couples who wouldn't have the courage to say that, and I know a lot of straight couples who couldn't even express those words to people they That's care about. So beautiful. So. Oh, good job, mommy. Yep. Uh, I love that. I'm so happy for them. Uh, Their little family. So good. Well, listen, kids are incredible. Um, and there's a new pep talk hotline allowing kids to offer advice and comfort to others. Little therapists. If you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed and looking for words of encouragement, you can call pep talk to hear the kindergarten through sixth grade students from Westside Elementary share advice on how to grapple with anger, frustration, anxiety, or simply for a mood boost. It's so precious. This is in California. Yeah. You know, I'll say uh, we went to visit our friends last night who have two little kids. And Lisa's like the little kid whisperer. I don't understand it. But when we open the door, Mo, who's the littlest one, he's three. He thinks Lisa's so incredible. And he went, Oh, hello, Lisa. And that's how he talks to her. He's fascinated by her. And then she was like, hello, Mo. And he goes, would you like to look at the stars with me? That's what they do. They go outside Uh. and look at the stars. And the way it melted Lisa like butter... So There's good. something about little kids just being so sweet and charming. And before you're like, adults destroy uh, them. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Before we ruin it yeah, for them. Yeah. They're just so sweet. So I love this. If you're having a tough time, call Pep Talk. That's uh, 707 873 7862. Do you see some of the things they say? Rainbows um, are jealous of you. It's one of the things they say oh. to adults. How about you look better than a star in the sky? Or if you're sad or angry, get a cookie or a smoothie or ice cream. I, that's, please. <laughs> Someone said, lady, you're doing great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kids you can't be in a bad mood after that. Uh, I love it. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to our show. We have a great rest of the week for you. Stay tuned for all the great songs that we play. And then, of course, Dr. Chris Donahue with Loveline. We'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 